Scripture lesson this morning can be found on page 205 of your Pew Bibles, if you care to follow along. It's taken from the first book of Thessalonians, chapter 5, and contrary to what it says, I'll start reading at the 12th verse rather than the 5th verse. But we appeal to you, brothers and sisters, to respect those who labor among you and have charge of you in the Lord and admonish you. Esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, beloved, to admonish the idlers, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with all of them. See that none of you repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to all. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise the words of the prophets, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good and abstain from every form of evil. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, and may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do this. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks. Thanks be to God. Great and loving God, we give you thanks for this day, and now I do pray deeply that it is your spirit that will move, that it is your word that will be proclaimed, it is your truth that we will live. Allow the words of my mouth and meditations of our hearts and minds to be found worthy and acceptable in your sight. Great and loving God, we pray. Amen. I'm just going to tell you this. This is an odd way to begin Lent. You see, I, I know that I was, I've been raised in church since I was a kid, and I've always had this attitude that Lent was a season you were supposed to enter into if you were appropriately faithful, somewhat depressed. We're supposed to come into Lent and use words like sin and repentance, and somehow we're supposed to spend our time realizing our unworthiness. We're encouraged to pray deep, which of course is not a bad thing, but I've often been thinking that I was to pray deep so I didn't miss any screw-ups in my life that I might otherwise have forgotten. But not this Lent. Not today. Today, on this first Sunday of Lent, we begin with unabashed gratitude. Our gratitude is in part for this amazing God who has already blessed our life. We share our gratitude about our family, our friends, our health, our hope, our work, our school, and so many other joys in life. This community of faith today is offering worship intentionally because we know we are in front of a God who has blessed us richly and we are gratitude for this truth. We begin this 40-day walk in gratitude. That is not to say that the faith walk we are on is not to address the brokenness and the sins of our lives, where in fact they do exist. But they're not the only way to get to Jesus. 
For some of us, our first steps came in a moment of brokenness and need, in the time when our dying souls needed, quite frankly, to be rescued by the power of Jesus Christ. Maybe it was in a prayer or a worship service, or a heartfelt conversation. But whatever it was, you had that moment of powerful transformation when you knew you once were this, but now you are God's. Maybe that's your story. and That's a great way to have a powerful moment to move you closer to Christ. But for many, that was not the truth of their own spiritual journey. There was no dramatic moment of transformation. Your faith was more gradual as you grew up with Jesus. Perhaps the church was for you like it was for me, always a part of your life, and today you are sort of like a fish finding yourself in spiritual water. This is where you swim. This is the truth that you know. This is where you live. It's where your friends are. And coming to church and being part of a faith community is just sort of what you do. Others of you are here today not because you were raised in the church, But instead, you found your way into a faith community and began to appreciate how it blessed you. The friends that you made, the the programs that it offered, uh, the messages that you heard, whatever it was, you came in and then you chose to stay. Because there was something about this that was a blessing to you, a reason to continue to come back. But no matter how you arrived in this place, in this faith, and at the beginning of this Lent... I'm inviting you and myself to begin our walk in gratitude. Our fast-paced life does not really give us much time to say thanks. Even the blessings I cherish the most, I have often just rushed by and taken for granted. Anyone else? Today is a chance for us to stop and acknowledge the gratitude that we do properly have in our hearts and in our lives. Gratitude, you see, I think is a beginning step step of wanting a deeper relationship for that which you are grateful. Most, if not all, of the significant relationships in my life began because there was something about that other person that touched me, and I I was glad for it. I was grateful. In 1977, I was walking down the Sunday school hallway at St. Matthew's United Methodist Church, And I saw this gorgeous face. I saw this and was touched by this amazing southern twain conversation I had with Laura Sessoms. As she walks away, I appreciated God for the creation of beautiful legs. (laughs) And I was grateful. And because of that gratitude, I wanted to get to know her more. And now, 36 years later in marriage, hopefully she is grateful. But it was where we first began that said, let's take a second and third and fourth step into this relationship. It is the way that it is with God. We are drawn to this God Not because this God is frightful and terrible, but because this God is amazing and holy and just and is changing lives and has blessed us and my life cannot exist now without him. Amen? So it's in gratitude I come to Christ today. And and I know I need to start off this Lent mindful of my brokenness, mindful of the sins of my life, mindful of the fact there's so much yet 
in my journey to be made perfect by the power of Jesus Christ. But I know this. It's possible that it will be. Because I know what God has already done. And so this Lent, we will take a journey that begins in gratitude. We will take a journey that will exist continually in a spirit of prayer. Prayer without ceasing, as we are told. We will rejoice constantly because of the truth of the God that is with us in the midst of all situations, good and bad. And ultimately, we will live out this journey of gratitude and prayer in the faith that is enriched and blessed within us today. The capital campaign that you just heard about is being launched in earnest today and over the next six weeks. I can promise you this, you are going to be overwhelmed with information. There's a lot of information to be given. But before you get all that information over the next six weeks, I hope that you will hear this from me. All the truth and all the facts and figures that will go into the conversation about the building to be built will be put alongside this ultimate truth. The greatest building that will come out of this Lent is not only the bricks and mortar that will be created, it is rather to be found in the lane of the stronger foundation of faithful action by this congregation in all the ways in which we live our lives to connect more and more people to each other and all of us to God and Christ. Our Lenten and campaign prayer is very simple. Lord, what do you want to do through me? That is a Lenten prayer. Lord, what do you want to do through me assumes that God actually already has a claim on your life and is waiting to do something through you. All manner of things, some of which you're hoping for and some you haven't even dreamed of yet. Lord, what do you want to do through me? That prayer begins in gratitude, or at least I think it should. There are some who would pray it in trepidation as in, Oh God, what do you want to do through me? But the best prayer occurs like the best offer to the ones we love the most, the ones that you just want to honor and cherish. You want to say, is there anything I can do for you? Can, can, I do, can I get something for you? Can I just right now do anything for you to make your life more filled, more joyful, to connect us more in that same spirit? Pray the prayer, Lord, what do you want to do through me? What might be possible with you in my life that I cannot see right now? Lord, what do you want to do through me? What could I do for you? And there is not a single area of your life that doesn't deserve that prayer or carry that hope. Lord, what do you want to do through me? And so I'm going to invite you to keep praying that prayer. It has been a powerful experience in my life to have already started ahead of you on that journey of praying that prayer now for several months. One of the blessings about being in my position is I've already started to wear my wristband. Do you have yours? And I've had several people ask me about it. And when they haven't asked me, I've looked down at my wrist and seen it. And it's an interesting thing I've noticed. Maybe you'll see this too. When I look at the color of this, it immediately puts me right back in the sanctuary. It does, right? I mean, this is sanctuary. I know it's UNC color, but God will forgive that. But... But it's sanctuary. Every time I look at this bracelet, I'm back in the sanctuary. 
I'm back in worship. I'm back with you. And what I've discovered is, every once in a while I'll look down and I'll see the word gratitude. And it will remind me to give thanks when I have forgotten. Or I'll turn my hand over this way and it'll say prayer. A good reminder to stop in the moment and just pray. Or it will say faith as it happens to turn. Remind me of the faith of those who walk with me in this journey and the faith God is building in me. Wear your wristband. And let it be part of your Lenten journey. Let it be your witness to the world when they say to you, what's that on your arm? You can say, I'm a child of God. I'm a member of a family of faith. Maybe you'd even dare to say, and I'm continually praying what the Lord will do through me. And maybe that would be an invitation to give hope to somebody else. I ask you to pull your brick out. This really isn't a brick. What it is, is on this side, that is to say the blank side, is an opportunity right now for you to take pen and paper, pencil, whatever you need to use to write with. And right now, I want you to simply put on this the things for which you are grateful. There is no limit to what you can put on here. Whatever you are grateful for, begin listing. And as you write down on this what you are grateful for, I want to be very clear what you're going to have the opportunity to do. In the next few minutes, I'm going to ask Jesus to come forward and take up the morning offering. They will do that by passing the plates. Do not put your gratitude in the plate. Do not. They will slap your hands if you do. Well, probably not, but you get the point. After they have collected the offering, you, with your listing of gratitudes, get not only to list it to your little self, but you get to come and give it to God. Just as the children processed in a few minutes earlier when the service began and placed theirs in these baskets, we're going to invite you to come forward and just place them in the basket as an offering to God and let us mingle them with the gratitudes that the children have listed in the past weeks. Do you understand what I'm asking? If you can't come forward physically, it's okay. Ask a neighbor or a friend right around you just to take yours up for you, or we'll come to you if you want. But this is your chance to begin this Holy Lent. Lifting up, remembering before God, and giving to God all that you are grateful for. For that's how we grow closer to God. That's how we're invited into God's presence. And that's where we will begin to be transformed in the name of Jesus Christ. I invite the ushers to come forward.